0: Bev and I are big fans of checklists and continue to better plan ahead for each season change on our farms. That's why we want to encourage you to start thinking about how you may need to keep your farm animals cozy in colder weather, especially in emergency situations.
1: Sweeter heaters are infrared radiant heat panels that use a carbon heating element instead of bulbs. There's a built-in snap action cutout that will turn the unit off automatically in case of an accident and the heater lands face down where heat isn't allowed to escape. It will not reach the flashpoint of setting bedding on fire which is always a concern with heat lamps.
0: Yes, and Sweeter Heater is also fully sealed, which means easy and safe cleaning, and the product is also backed by a three-year warranty. Sweeter Heater products are not just for the farm. They can be used in animal rescues, veterinarian clinics and hospitals, and major zoos.
1: So go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase, to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. Oh, hey there, Sam.
0: Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking?
1: I just opened a platform beer company candied pecan yammy. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I like the word yammy, first of all. (laughs) It's an ale with sweet potatoes and natural flavors. And it says it's nutty, caramelized, and fall spiced. Ooh. So what are you drinking over there?
0: Today, I am drinking a Blake's Hard Cider Company flannel mouth classic. Mmm. Yes. It's just, it's a good hard cider and also appropriately themed for today's episode.
1: Yes, it is. I cannot wait. So today's drink sponsor is our friend Elizabeth Steves and that is Steel O2 over on the Instagram and I said Steel like that because it's Steel with three E's. Mm-hmm. Um so cheers Elizabeth, thanks. Cheers.
0: So this episode will drop on September 25th, and September 26th is Johnny Appleseed Day. Fun. I realize we've never talked about Johnny Appleseed on the podcast when I saw this really crazy documentary about him like probably almost a year ago now and I texted Bev immediately I was like we need to talk about Johnny Appleseed on Johnny Appleseed day next year and I just (laughs) magically remembered that it was the end of September and we have a topic so today we're gonna talk about nine facts that tell the true story of Johnny Appleseed and this article is from mentalfloss.com I did look at some other articles, but I thought this one summarized him very nicely. Uh, So we'll go through it so you can learn a little bit more about Johnny Appleseed.
1: Yes. So Johnny Appleseed is a hero of American folklore, um, and he's said to be a barefoot wanderer with a tin pot hat and a sack of apples so that he could leave a start of apple trees basically everywhere he went. It's just kind of a funny, like, visual right. when you hear that description. Right. Like, I'm just imagining, like, actually a kid with a tin pot like, right. upside down on his head and, like, flannel and, like, cut off pants and no shoes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's funny because I think for a while there, I didn't think he was a real person. But unlike his tall tale colleagues, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox, Uh, Appleseed's story was based on a real man and his name was John Chapman and his real life was far richer and more interesting than his legend. So here are nine things you might not have known about Johnny Appleseed to celebrate his day.
1: That's really interesting. So I didn't know that Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox... Uh, were not based on real people. You thought there was the blue ox. <laughs> well, I actually just kind of figured he was gray, but you know oh. they like call blue. You know they call it like, gray yeah. animals blue. Yeah, that makes sense. So that that's always what I thought. <laughs> that makes a lot of
0: sense. Yeah, up near uh, the UP near the bridge, there is this big ass statue of Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox that you can take pictures of, and there's a picture. <laughs> From my childhood, of my, I think my dad hoisting my brother up near the ox and he like bonked his head on the ox. Oh. He's crying in the picture. <laughs> so
1: good. Oh That's my so gosh. Good. If you can find that photo, post it on the Patreon. Yeah, I'll text my mom. Or if she's yeah. listening
0: to this because I forgot to text her, you can find it and send it to me.
1: <laughs> yes. Thanks, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> So, the first fact about Johnny Appleseed is that he was a child of war. So, he was born in Leominster, Massachusetts on September 26, 1774. And John Chapman grew up in the midst of the American Revolutionary War. So, this is like Hamilton's time, in which his father served as a Minuteman at the Battle of Bunker which is also breeds Hill and helped construct the defenses of New York against British invasion with George Washington. And so his father actually survived the war, but his mom did not. His mom died during childbirth in July of 1776. And in 1780 Chapman's father returned home and began to teach him all about farming.
0: So fact number two is he was no meandering planter. Chapman developed as an orchardist and nurseryman, and by early 1800s was working on his own. When his legend images him as a messy nomad, in reality Chapman was much more of a pragmatic. Frontier land allowed people to lay claim to land through development of a permanent homestead. Such claim could be made by planting fifty apple trees, so in his travels through Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Illinois, Chapman would plant swaths of seeds to begin an orchard, then sell them to settlers once the land had grown bountiful. This made him quite the land baron as he tra- as he traversed a hundred thousand square miles of midwestern wilderness and prairie. And when he died on March eleventh, 1845, at the age of 70, he owned more than 1,200 acres of land.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so much land.
0: Yes. So he was like quite the entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So fact number three is that his apples weren't for eating. And when I learned this, I was like, what? What what the hell did you do with them?
0: (laughs) Well, what's the next best thing you can do with apples outside of eating them?
1: Exactly. The next best thing you can do is make cider. Yes. So uh, the apples that he favored for planting were small, and they were tart, and they were known as spitters. So if you hear an apple referred to as a spitter, it's named for what you'd likely do if you took a bite of it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really cool. Yes. So uh, these spitters are ideal for hard cider and applejack, which is a far more valuable crop than edible apples. And in the book, uh, The Botany of Desire by Michael Pollan, which is actually a book I have on my bookshelf that a friend gave me, Hmm. and it's on my list to read. uh, He wrote, up until prohibition, an apple grown in America was far less likely to be eaten than to wind up in a barrel of cider. In rural areas, cider took the place of not only wine and beer, but of coffee and tea, juice, and even water. Because where water could house dangerous bacteria, cider was safe. And delicious
0: it's so interesting i think i didn't really notice know that until recently when i was watching an episode of something i can't even remember what it was but they were touring angry orchard and they pointed that out too and i was like that's crazy so people were like hydrating by drinking hard cider like
1: what oh yeah well like all over um europe people used to hydrate by drinking beer
0: All right, so point number four is his signature look is pretty true to life. So Chapman was noted for his threadbare clothes and preference to bare feet, but these eccentricities may have been offerings to his faith, the Church of Swedenborg, also known as the New Church, a Christian denomination established in 1787. The second part of his signature look, the sack of apple seeds, was most definitely accurate. Because the church forbade its members harming God's creation, Chapman became a vocal animal rights activist and vegetarian. He also refused to use grafting to create his orchards, believing that this growing technique physically hurt the source plants. So he carried a large sack of seeds everywhere he traveled, However, his off depicted tin pot has not been authenticated.
1: Yeah, I mean, why would you wear a pot on your head? I mean, maybe if you ran out of places to carry a pot. I mean, or if you ran out of your tinfoil, you know, your tinfoil hat.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you need to keep your head dry, I guess it could work as long as the pot was big enough. But.
1: So fact number five is that he planted no metaphorical seed and by metaphorical seed, I mean that he did not have any children because a strongly held belief of Chapman was that marriage was not for him and the church of Swedenborg promoted abstinence for those who were unmarried. So Chapman remained a virgin his entire life, and he left no children to inherit his lands or curtail the tall tales that had sprouted like his trees did.
0: So it, for number six, in death, he grew legendary. Though some say Chapman has had picked up his nickname by 1806, it wasn't until after his death in 1845 that the legend of Johnny Appleseed really took off. Considering his distinctive look, uncommon views and contribution to the settling of the frontier, it's little wonder he his legend proved so powerful. Of course, over the years, he was made to seem less entrepreneurial and the use of his apples was played down as they made their way into children's books and the Disney cartoon.
1: Isn't it interesting how like real life people have really been like played down for fairy tales and cartoons and well, stuff? Yeah. Like this isn't the only the only instance of that for sure, right? And like
0: the Brothers <laughs> Grimm were actually like really really dark stories, and then you have oh, like yeah. Snow White being the Disney movie that it is, and it's still pretty dark, but not like as dark as is the story in the book.
1: And fun fact number seven is that prohibition killed much of his legacy. I don't know why I called that a fun fact. That's not being fun.
0: (laughs) It's like a fun sucking fact. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. So the US government outlawed alcohol in 1920. And by that point, Chapman had become an American folk hero. But this did not stop FBI agents from using their axes to mercilessly tear down orchards to prevent the making of homemade hooch. So I actually didn't know that. I knew that alcohol had been outlawed, but I didn't know that they were actively going and destroying people's crops to stop them from being able to make alcohol on their own. That's that's pretty hardcore.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine like being an FBI agent and like you get you're the guy that gets stuck axing down? trees
1: like (laughs) yeah that'd feel pretty terrible yeah (laughs) so aside from slaughtering chapman's trees this also nearly killed america's connection to hard cider so the beverage has rooted deep in our history but it has just recently seen a resurgence in popularity. So after all of this happens, like Americans kind of just stopped drinking cider. We must have just switched to beer and wine instead. And it took us a little while to get back to it.
0: Well, I remember turning 21 and the only hard cider option I would see is like woodchuck. hmm. Which is a pretty good hard cider. But now I feel like it's
1: freaking everywhere. Oh, yeah, it's totally everywhere. Well, craft Hard Cider has kind of started making the ways through the ranks up just like craft Beer has because there are people who don't like the taste of beer and that's Mm -hmm. totally fair. So that's where the cider market comes in. It's really cool to see both of them come in because you can actually like create a pretty cool cider product with just Mm -hmm. like a small orchard. So I love it. And
0: this one is kind of a fun fact. Um, So fun fact number eight, you can still visit one of his trees. Um, And it's actually in Ohio, Nova, Ohio, to be exact. And it's home to the 176-year-old tree that was last known to be planted by Johnny Appleseed himself and it grows tart green apples, which are now used for applesauce and baking in addition to cider making.
1: It turns out that there is one of those grafts that we just talked about earlier in the episode. You know how Johnny Appleseed did not like grafting trees? (laughs) Well, they totally grafted uh, Uh. a tree that is From this 176-year-old tree, they made a new one, and it is planted in Millennium Grove, which is in Chillicothe, Ohio, and it's a Rambo apple um that's the type of apple tree that it is there'll be a link in the show notes to like all the information about this specific tree because i actually found it on the internet um and i've seen this tree because i've been to millennium grove during um the height of the pandemic when you couldn't eat inside restaurants anymore when jared and i went into town to do errands we would go pick up fast food and then go sit at this millennium grove to eat oh. our lunch and like in between like the errands that we had to run because we have so many errands that we have to run we have to like tag team them it's really hard for one person to go do them all <laughs> so we kind of make like a morning out of it and then kind of like take a break midway to eat some lunch and that's that's what we did during like i think this was like in May, I think, was by the time we were both going out again. <laughs> so yeah, it was really funny. I, as soon as I saw this note about the Nova Ohio tree, I was like, there has to be one in that Millennium Grove. I know it. And sure enough, I googled it and found it. I was like, yes. <laughs> so where
0: is Nova Nova Ohio? Do you know?
1: I have no idea. I honestly don't know. Ohio has so many towns.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty big state.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then
0: the last fun fact is number nine. He forever changed the apples of America. Poland credits Chapman's preference for seeds over grafting for creating not only varieties like the delicious and golden delicious, but also the hearty American apple. Since apples that are grafted are the same as the parent tree, they don't change. But by foregoing grafting, Johnny created the conditions for apple trees to adapt and thrive in their new world home. It was the seeds and the cider that give the apples the opportunity to discover by trial and error the precise combination of traits required to prosper in the new world, Poland wrote. From Chapman's vast planting of nameless cider apple seeds came some of the great American cultivators of the 19th century. The
1: and so all of that was just super cool. I knew yeah. that Johnny Appleseed had been through Ohio um just like from some other history stuff that I'm involved in um but I did not know like a lot of this stuff. So I think this was a super cool way to celebrate Johnny Appleseed Day.
0: Yeah. And celebrate hard cider and applejack.
1: yeah and apples I mean apples are cool too (laughs) I mean all of it's pretty
0: cool so cheers to Johnny Appleseed cheers and now it's time for we can't even corner so Bev what can't you even about today
1: so I can't even that we decided to do an episode about Johnny Appleseed and it just so happens that yesterday I went to one of our local orchards picked up a shit ton of apples and made some applesauce
0: (laughs) see you were you were like coordinating with the podcast topics and you didn't even know it
1: i didn't even know it yeah so uh In the show notes, there'll be a link to the recipe that I use to make applesauce. It's in the Instant Pot. So I can make applesauce in like eight minutes.
0: That's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's super cool. I've got one of those like cranky, um, you know, apple peeler, core slicer things.
0: Nice. And
1: I just like I whipped through uh, how many apples was it? 16 apples. Just like threw them in the Instant Pot with the other ingredients that it needed set it for eight minutes and then it just like did its thing. And now I have uh, so much applesauce. It's ridiculous, but I have more apples. <laughs> so I have to make more applesauce and I use them to make applesauce pancakes this morning. So it's been just Ooh. like an apple film day. I really wish I had some hard cider to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so what can't you even about? So, um,
0: I can't even with these kids in these zoom classes, kids these days (laughs) talk about the the okay so i imagine kids in a classroom is one thing kids in zoom holy crap it's got to be a whole nother level for teachers i can't even imagine like shout out to the teachers (laughs) you guys are like chameleons you just adapt to whatever the hell is going on
1: yeah i i was witness to this (laughs) I was not helpful whatsoever, but I witnessed it. <laughs>
0: so, there'll be a link to the Instagram post here, but basically what had happened was um this girl was late to her class on Zoom. Um so there's a, a video somebody shot from their of their computer screen showing the class and they zero in on a student's written excuse. It says, "Sorry I'm late, I was walking my chicken." And then you hear the teacher ask if that's accurate. And then you see the student show the live chicken as proof. Like she picks it up and shows (laughs) it to the class. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah.
0: You can add chicken walking to the list of lame excuses students have used for being late to an online class. I mean, but I feel like I'm usually in like probably between five to sometimes more, like way more. Uh, Webexes or Zooms a day in my job because we're 100% remote still. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have to turn the camera on. And sometimes I'm, like, running out to do chores in between to let the chickens out or checking the goats or whatever. So it's like I, th- I could totally be this person, and I'm a grown-ass adult. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown-ass woman. <laughs> so I get it.
1: <laughs> no, I totally get it. Well, so – Like, here's the thing, like being at home, you get to be more efficient because you can like do those things in between and then you can like chunk up your time a little better so that you're not having to like focus on one thing, you know, like work or school for a whole eight hours in a row. But it does get tricky when things are scheduled really close together.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they have been too. Like one day I started working on like seven I didn't move my butt for more than 15 minutes until like six
1: to the Uh, 15 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: (laughs) I was like sitting in my chair and my husband comes home and I was just like, I didn't even have time to let the chickens out. So like sometimes now I'm trying to be more intentional. Like, okay, if you get a break, that doesn't mean you go catch up on email. Maybe that means you take some time to like for yourself to go outside and let the chickens out and Maybe scratch a baby goat on its behind for a hot second to, like,
1: relax. <laughs> well, give that brain a break so that it can actually function. Like, yeah. you just, you can't be on all the time. No. It's impossible. Humans aren't made that way.
0: Exactly. So anyways, make sure you send us your king Evans in our Facebook group. Um, you can send them to us via email at, drinkinfarm at gmail.com or Instagram or Facebook Messenger. Because we like to read those on our mini sods.
1: And be sure and leave us a review because we read one a week. Uh, those are the reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Apple. <laughs> 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 and if you leave us a review and we read it on the show, <laughs> we'll put your name into a hat and uh, we'll draw a winner to win a coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. Uh, But we don't have a review this week, so that just makes the odds even more in your favor. So if you have not left a review yet, I suggest you go do that. You might win that coffee mug. And just a reminder that this
0: episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. So go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. You can be a Patreon just starting at $2 a month and have access to exclusive recordings and pictures. And there are other levels that you can check out, too. So go over to patreon.com slash and farm and check that out.
1: And don't forget that we have a phone number now. It's 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM. Leave us a voicemail with your farm story, your questions, or your can't evens, because we will play those on our mini Yes.
0: And make sure you hit that subscribe button and download each episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And it's a great way to support the podcast for free.
1: Yes. And uh, speaking of supporting the podcast for free, you can share this episode over on Instagram by just sharing uh, the posts that we make announcing the episode is live in your stories and tagging us. And we will thank you with a promo code that is good for our merch shop.
0: Make sure you take a look at the show notes to find the article we discussed today, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of our social media goodness.
1: So that's it, guys.
0: That's it. We hope you enjoyed a little semi-buzzed history of Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And And give zero cluck.
1: Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. It's not too late to put in your 2020 poultry order with My Pet Chicken.
0: My Pet Chicken still has a variety of chicks, ducklings, and hatching eggs available, as well as everything else you would possibly need to raise your new feathered friends.
1: We absolutely love that we can put together our dream flocks without
0: a per breed minimum. Let your crazy chicken dreams come true and go to mypetchickencom farm to order. When you use that link, it lets my pet chicken know that we sent you, and it helps support the podcast.